0: Welcome, and thank you for joining us for today's CME podcast. PrimeMed podcasts are dedicated to providing on-the-go clinicians with pertinent, evidence-based primary care content that won't take too much time out of your busy schedule. Information about CME credits and faculty for today's podcast can be found within this activities landing page on primed.com slash podcast. That's PRI-MED.com slash podcasts. Be sure to also go to this location in order to claim your CME credits after the program. Thank you,
1: and enjoy. Hello, and welcome to Prime Ed's podcast series on pneumococcal immunization for adults. This is the first of the series. We welcome Dr. Robert Hopkins, Professor of the Internal Medicine and Pediatrics and the Chief of the Division of General Internal Medicine at the University of Arkansas for Medical Sciences College of Medicine. The learning objectives of this podcast are, one, implement Advisory Committee on Immunization Practices recommendations for administration of pneumococcal vaccines in adults 65 years and older, and two, discuss the concept of shared decision making as it applies to pneumococcal vaccines. Before we get started, let me remind everyone that this podcast is supported by an independent educational grant from Merck and Company Incorporated. For more information, please visit the activity page for this podcast on www.primed.com.
2: Hello, this is Dr. Bob Hopkins. Uh, This podcast will focus on pneumococcal immunization and shared decision making for pneumococcal vaccination in adults 65 and older. Let's start off with a brief overview of pneumococci and pneumococcal infections. Pneumococci are bacteria which are present throughout our environment. In humans, they colonize the nasopharynx and cause millions of respiratory infections worldwide. They are spread by cough and sneeze via airborne droplets, and the most common infections they cause are by direct spread. They cause otitis media and sinusitis. They also cause serious infections, uh, which when they violate anatomic and immune barriers, including bacteremia, pneumonia, and meningitis. Pneumococcal infections occur in adults of all ages. There are over 140 pneumococcal serotypes, and the types that cause disease vary somewhat geographically. The strains causing disease have also changed over decades and with vaccination. The vaccines have demonstrated efficacy in producing community immunity and individual infection protection. ACIP, the Advisory Committee on Immunization Practices, has produced vaccination schedules to provide a roadmap to vaccine protection. Childhood vaccination against pneumococcal infections provides dual benefits. It reduces childhood infections in the particular individual vaccinated, and high rates of vaccination in the community provide the basis for what many will call herd immunity, I prefer to call community immunity, to these pneumococci. Children should receive four doses of PCV13 vaccine before the age of 18 months, and highest-risk children should also receive a dose of PPSV23 uh, after the age of 2. Adult vaccination primarily results in benefits in reducing pneumococcal infections in the individual adult vaccinated. They have a very complex recommendation schedule regarding timing, risk, and counseling. But in general, adults should receive zero to one dose of PCV13 and one to three doses of PPSV23 uh, or pneumococcal polysaccharide vaccine. And we should use shared decision-making for our adults 65 and older. Uh, whether they need both vaccines or just one. And this is a challenging concept because it's new when we think about uh, vaccination. So if we think about adult pneumococcal vaccine recommendations, we need to think about adults in four different groups. The first group are adults 19 to 64 years of age without high-risk conditions. These adults do not need pneumococcal vaccination until they develop a medical condition that puts them at risk or their age is greater than 65 years. The second group are adults with chronic medical conditions, alcoholism, and cigarette smokers. These adults all need pneumococcal polysaccharide vaccine only, and then they're finished with pneumococcal vaccination unless they develop other medical conditions that put them at higher risk, or they age to greater than 65 years of age. The third group are adults 19 years of age and older who have highest risk medical conditions, which place them at risk because of immune compromise or because of loss of anatomic barriers. That's a very complex group and we'll focus on that in a different podcast. And then our final group are adults 65 and older who are at high risk for pneumococcal infections due to their age. They all need a dose of pneumococcal polysaccharide vaccine, but we need to use shared decision-making on whether they need conjugate vaccine also. That's what the rest of this podcast will focus on. So what is shared decision making? Shared decision making is a new concept in vaccinology. It requires us to use some nuance, uh, but it's not new to medicine at large. The Advisory Committee on Immunization Practices recommends shared decision-making for a number of vaccines in patient situations where the benefit of the vaccine to an individual may be greater than the benefit of the vaccination if it were given to all of the people within that specified demographic. Examples of shared decision-making vaccine recommendations are hepatitis B vaccination in patients with diabetes mellitus who are aged over 60. HPV vaccination in men and women aged 27 to 45 years, meningococcal type B vaccine in young adults, and finally, our focus, PCV13 vaccine, pneumococcal conjugate vaccine in adults 65 and older who don't have immune compromise or anatomic risk. Shared decision-making as defined by the ACIP is to share a decision between the clinician and the patient to uh, provide guidance where we don't have clear evidence that everyone in that group should be vaccinated. Unlike our routine catch up and risk-based recommendations, shared decision-making vaccinations are not recommended for everyone in a particular age group or everyone with an identifiable risk. Rather, we should use shared decision-making to individually provide the patient with information and guide their decision whether they need this vaccine or not. The key distinction between our routine and catch-up and risk-based recommendations and shared decision-making is the default decision to vaccinate. In those where we need to use shared decision-making, we need to use some uh, uh, decision points with the patient. And generally, the advisory committee makes shared decision-making recommendations when individuals can benefit from vaccination, but everyone in the group is unlikely to have population-level impact and the ACIP has provided the basis for this shared decision-making for vaccines with this recommendation. So why should we use shared decision-making regarding pneumococcal vaccination? Well, the underlying facts are that all adults 65 and older should receive pneumococcal polysaccharide vaccine, PPSV23, and that the shared decision-making decision is around whether they also need the pneumococcal conjugate vaccine, PCV13. We also know that when PCV13 is given, you get better immune protection if you give PCV13 before PPSV23. We know that the rate of invasive pneumococcal infections in seniors 65 and older has declined with increases in childhood pneumococcal conjugate vaccination. We know that the combined strategy of using pneumococcal conjugate vaccine and pneumococcal polysaccharide vaccine in adults 65 and older, which we've implemented for over five years, didn't cause a further statistically significant decline in invasive pneumococcal disease rates. This is based on uh, data presented to the Advisory Committee on Immunization Practices in 2019. But some individuals may benefit because they have more than average Uh, benefit with this combined strategy. Shared decision-making facilitates the physician-patient discussion and informed decision to give or not give PCV13. So what factors should we use in consideration uh, in the shared decision-making decision? Well, first, has the patient already received pneumococcal conjugate vaccine PCV13 as an adult? If so, there's no indication to give further doses of PCV13 to that adult. If they've not received PCV 13 uh, as an adult, then that's a consideration. Second, does this patient have risk conditions for invasive pneumococcal disease in addition to their age over 65? We know that risk based on medical conditions or immune compromise is at least additive if the patient has more than one high risk condition. Third, what is the local childhood pneumococcal vaccination rate? Is it average for the United States, is it higher than average, or is it low? We know that in cities and communities where the rate of childhood vaccination is low, that potentially there's going to be greater benefit to giving PCV13 to older adults. And then finally, does this patient live in a communal setting, such as a long-term care facility or assisted living? Or do they attend, uh, so to speak, an adult daycare? Patients who are in communal settings potentially have higher risk for invasive pneumococcal disease and may get additional benefit from PCV13 in addition to PPSV23. So let me put this uh, to you as an example. Let's picture in your mind a uh, patient JR. He's a 65-year-old man who lives alone. He's a smoker, he has COPD, and he has diabetes mellitus. He received the pneumococcal polysaccharide vaccine initially at age 55 uh, for these medical indications. The ACIP would recommend that we go through shared decision-making regarding PCV13 now that he's age 65. The the considerations that I would present to JR is first that PCV13 is safe and effective and that the benefit is greatest if it's given before PPSV23. We know that disease due to the 13 serotypes in the PCV13 is less than prior to pediatric use. We know that pneumococcal risk increases in patients with chronic medical conditions. He has risk factors of smoking, COPD, and diabetes mellitus in addition to age 65 and older. If we put all of those risks together, he has a very high risk for invasive pneumococcal infections as he ages additional risks that are not present in this gentleman. He's not in residential care. He potentially lives in an area with average childhood pneumococcal vaccination rates. And so as I present this information to him, my recommendation would be that we at least consider giving PCV13 because he's got multiple medical conditions uh, that put him at increased risk. After we've had the discussion, We then make a decision whether to give PCV13 or not. In this case, uh, JR represents a patient I saw in my office recently. We decided to give him PCV13. He got the vaccine, and we planned forward for his next visit that he'll get PPSV23 a year later, the combination of both vaccines giving him maximal protection against pneumococcal infections. So to wrap up our discussion, we have to recognize that adults 65 and older are at higher risk for invasive pneumococcal disease than younger adults without health conditions. All adults 65 and older should receive pneumococcal polysaccharide vaccine, PPSV23. We need to implement shared decision-making whether or not to give PCV13 vaccine. And the important factors to consider in that shared decision-making are prior pneumococcal vaccination history, underlying medical and behavioral risks for invasive pneumococcal disease and it's important that we consider the quality of those risks as well as the number of risks what the living situation is for that patient and the childhood pneumococcal vaccination rate uh, in the patient's community i hope this has been helpful for you to consider how to use shared decision making for pneumococcal vaccination and have a great day and protect your patients
1: to obtain your cme credit please visit primed.com and complete a short post-assessment. If you listen to this podcast on another platform, please refer to the episode description, where there is a direct link to the activity page on primed.com for claiming CME credit.
0: We thank you again for joining Primed for today's podcast. Remember to claim your CME credits for the program on this activity's landing page on primed.com podcast. That's pri-med.com slash podcasts. Also, be sure to check out all of our other podcasts and primary care activities on primemed.com as well. See you next time.